who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. I want to welcome you to this beautiful service, the second service in Shouts of Grace Center. And I know that God has a word for us this morning. Uh, the topic we're looking at is falling in love and staying in love. And this is for singles and married. And we looked at a few things in the first service. It will be good if you can get uh, the message and listen to it as a precursor to what we are doing here in this second service. So we're just going to start from Songs of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 2. Hallelujah. Songs of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 2. The Bible declares, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. So the first thing I would like to say here is that love can be intoxicating. Love can be intoxicating. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. The reason... The scripture likened love to wine is because love can intoxicate just like uh, wine intoxicates. All right? Love can make you lose your mind if you're not careful. When you fall in love with somebody, you can find yourself doing some very stupid things that ordinarily you wouldn't do. But you see, the love of God is not meant to drive us into doing stupid things or things we're going to regret later. So what I want to tell you is that before you taste the wine of love, be sure you know what you're doing and be sure you're of age. Are you following me here? Are you still with me here? You know how some people will take bottles of wine and drink and drink and they don't get intoxicated, just a little shaky feeling, you know. Yeah, probably some of you have been there when you used to be there. Praise God. They drink like 10 bottles and yeah, cool. You still drive yourself home. Whereas you see some people, it's just a sip and they run mad. Almost losing it. You see, they are not of age in that sense. And I'm not saying, I'm not validating the use of wine, okay? But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to use that as illustration. Before you taste love, the wine of love, make sure you are of age. Before you allow him to kiss you with the kisses of the mouth, make sure you are married. And some people don't like that. But I'm going to say it again. Before you allow him to kiss you with the kisses of the mouth, make sure you are what? They cannot even answer me now. Make sure you are what? 
Because when you are intoxicated at the wrong time, it can be very counterproductive. Somebody says, Pastor, what is it about kissing? I mean, we didn't make love, we didn't have sex. I mean, it's just kissing. Well, kissing is deeper than you think. Let me show you something. They will show you for you on the screen as I read. The scientific study of kissing is called philematology. So it's a science. Are you following me here? Uh, that thing you stole under the tree yesterday. Oh, you say it's science. During the kiss, couples exchange. Now listen, number one, nine milligrams of water as in the exchange. You know what the exchange is? I say you give me, I collect. I give you and I collect. Come on, see exchange. Uh-huh. Couples exchange nine milligram of water. 0.7 milligram of protein, 0.18 milligram of organic compounds, 0.71 milligram of fats, 0.45 milligram of sodium chloride, along with 10 million to 1 billion bacteria. Kisses used as little as two muscles, burning only two to three calories, while Passionate kissing involves up to 34 facial muscles along with 112 postural muscles and burns around 26 calories per minute. I mean, this is energy that you are meant to do for evangelism, praying the Holy Ghost. Are you following me here? The muscle that is there for productivity. So kissing is not just something you do, by the way. There is an exchange. I know a guy who, the only thing he did was kiss, and he lost his mind. Kiss the wrong person. May you not kiss the wrong person in Jesus' name. In fact, if you are not married, may you not kiss at all. Say, it's, it's good prayer. Hey, oh God. Ah, so you want to be kissing when you are not married? Hello, somebody. It's a generation where we are begging those who are married to kiss and those who are not married not to kiss. However, after marriage now, say he does not, he has not kissed me in two months, Pastor. <laughs> kiss now to your Lord. But when you were single, you wanted to kill yourself over kissing. Now you are married. You own the body, the mouth, everything. Now you refuse. Are you following me here? Why are you people not answering? Are you guilty of kissing me? I said, are you here with me? What is it about kissing? I don't believe, Pastor. Remember what a kiss did to Jesus Christ. Landed him on the cross. Just a kiss. From Judas. A kiss of betrayal. Now what kissing does, because literally kissing or uh, giving somebody a peck, it's not a sin. You see that in the scripture where the Bible says kiss one another with a holy kiss. Have you seen that before? Several places. I remember as a single guy seeing that scripture in several places, I was confused. What's God trying to tell us here? Kiss one another with the holy kiss. It's as if he's forcing us now. Kiss one another with the holy kiss. When you see a kiss one another. But then, the Jewish kiss is not like the kind of kiss we understand. It's just a form of greeting. It's, it, that scripture is in contest. Because when they greet, it's like a slight peck on the cheek. 
not like the way we understand kissing. So that's what the Bible is referring to there. So what kissing does is that it awakens love. And when love is awakened at the wrong time, you get to do the wrong things at the wrong time. God never says don't have sex. He says, but have sex in the context of marriage. God is the one that created and gave you that urge to have sex. But he says as a single, you should learn to contain and learn to tell your flesh to go under. Because you cannot live by everything that your flesh tells you to do. If you do that, you are not going to last. So God wants you to be taught and trained to come to a place where what your flesh is asking for or crying for, you don't do it. And so the, the sex urge is there and will always be there as a single. But the Bible is teaching you how to wait. Because if you don't learn how to wait as a single, you wouldn't even wait after marriage. What if your spouse travels for some time? Because you've been taught never to wait for anything. You also will not wait and you will look for somebody to cheat on. So you understand that God is trying to protect, not trying to punish because the question is, if God doesn't want us to have sex outside of, outside of marriage, why did he put that particular desire there? The reason that desire is there is for you to enjoy it after wedding, but not before. So when you don't train yourself to wait, it becomes a problem. Waiting is a culture of life that you have to learn. Not, not only in the area of uh, having sex or in marriage, but in every area of your life, you must learn what it means to wait. You must learn what it means to wait on God. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They will not be weary. They will walk. They will not faint. So waiting is powerful. Are you, are you here with me? And that is what God is trying to teach you as a single. Because you, you just wonder, why, 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 why? No, he wants you to wait. He wants you to learn what it means to wait. He wants you to learn what it means to obey God as against your flesh. But God says, don't have sex. Your flesh says, you must have sex. Your flesh says, it's crying for sex, looking for it. Are you going to disobey, God's and obey, uh, disobey God and obey your flesh? Obeying God pleasures him. That despite you, that you wanted to do or you felt like you refused to because you don't want to offend God. And that is the place of maturity. The place of maturity is the place of responsibility, of coming to a place where you take decisions. I will not do this because it's wrong. I'm not going to do this because I feel like doing it. You know, people who are obese, the reason they get into obesity and all of that is because of the craving for food. They cannot just tell themselves, I'm not supposed to take this chocolate. I'm not supposed to take this sugar. I'm not supposed to take this ice cream. They just keep on going and going and going until they can't hold it any longer. So uh, obsession is also disobedience at the end of the day. Whatever you cannot control, God doesn't want it in your life. God doesn't want stuff controlling you. God doesn't want your flesh leading you and telling you what to do. God wants to be God in your life. You take instructions from him and from no other. But every time you take instruction from your flesh, you are rubbing it on the face of God. That the cross has not done enough. 
And you are trying to crucify Jesus the second time. But Jesus is not going to go to the cross the second time. He has gone on the cross and then he gave us an instruction that you now have to carry your own cross. I've gone on the cross on your behalf, died for you and paid the price. But now on a daily basis, because you are still in the days of your flesh, you have to carry your own cross daily. Not monthly or weekly or every Sunday when you come to church. Daily. It's a daily thing where you're constantly checking yourself and living for God and refusing to yield to your flesh. Hear me and hear me well. That is the place of maturity. That is the place where God begins to trust you with His grace and His anointing. That is the place where God begins to trust you with treasures of heaven. That is the place where God begins to use you in a massive way. Because you are here on a purpose. And if you don't understand where you are here and you're just living your life for yourself, for you alone, and for the pleasures of your flesh, then it's going to lead to regret at the end of the day. God wants you to live for Him, not for you. He doesn't want you to live for your flesh or for the cravings of your flesh or for what your flesh is crying for. He wants you to live for Him. And that is worship. Living for God is worship. Present your bodies, therefore, as a living sacrifice. Holy, presentable unto the Lord. That's what God wants, to live for Him. But you cannot live for Him when you listen to the flesh all the time. So what kissing does is to wake up unnecessary feelings in the body. I mean, years back, one lady was manipulated this guy was almost having sex with her, all of that. Young girl, 17 years old. And then she came to my office crying and crying. So I didn't know how I made this very stupid mistake. This guy deceived me that he was going to give me a modeling job. Took me to his house and told me to strip that he needs to check my body if there's any mark there. Because if there's any mark, he cannot recommend me for uh, modeling agencies. Can you imagine? And he had to strip off and check his body. At the end of the day, he said he wants to make love with her to check her sensitivity because if she's not sensitive, she can't be... T- I mean, it's intense. At that point, she was going to say no, but the, the guy forcefully was going to sleep with her. And she's a believer. She comes to my office weeping and crying. She said, Pastor, I messed up. I messed up. And I restored her, prayed with her, and assured her, don't worry. But a few days after, come on, say a few days after. I can't hear, say a few days after. She's back in my office, sitting down before me like this. And I remember that day, there was no light in my office. They just looked like we've not put on the generator. I was the only one in my office. It was around 6.30 p.m., so it was a little bit dark. Not completely dark, but it was a little bit dark because they just took off the light. And she sat in front of my office and said, Pastor, I want to have sex. I said this. You said what? So the next question is obvious. I said with who? That has to be defined. That one is very, that question is important. With who? So she said with that guy. So I first of all rested. Okay. Good. I said, but why? He said, I just feel like. I said, but you keep crying and regretting. Say, I don't understand too. Do you know what happened? Love has been awakened. It's been awakened. Now she's the one that wants to go back. Now we now have to start teaching and discipling why you can't do that. Because the devil is about to ruin her life. 
Because all uh, the days of her life, she's not careful. That's what she'll be looking for, looking, going back for more sex. And more. See, when the guy did all he did with her, there was an exchange. An exchange of a wrong spirit. Wherein, this is somebody that doesn't want anything like that, but all of a sudden, she wanted it because of a wrong spirit. This is why people who are abused end up abusing others if they are not careful where because the spirit of abuse is being exchanged. When you find yourself doing very strange things that ordinarily you wouldn't do and you're like, this is wrong, but you find yourself doing that, probably there's been an exchange. See, what we're talking about here is not fun. And whenever there's an exchange, you discover that you just can't behave. You just can't behave. You know it's wrong, but you keep on doing it. You're just helpless. And at that point, you need to come back to God and put all this thing down at the feet of the cross. Say, God, it's nothing your power cannot do. You've got to help me. However, if you're not sincere with yourself, you're not going to receive any help. You're first of all going to tell yourself the truth. Tell God the truth before God can help you. It's a place where you come. It's a place of realization. It's amazing how many people are living in self-deception. It's amazing. Because it takes self-deception to do something that you know is wrong. For example, you, want to f- you feel like stealing. You know it is wrong. You still went ahead and did it. Why did you do it? You were deceived into... It's the only me that steal. People steal now. As in there was a negotiation and you gave in to it. So Apostle Paul said, who would deliver me from this wretched system that I find myself, the things I want to do, I don't do, the things, the things I ought to do, I don't do, the things I ought not to do, I find myself doing. He said, but thanks to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? So in Songs of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 4, he says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem. I wonder why he's talking to daughters alone and not sons. O daughters of Jerusalem, that you stay not up, nor awake my love until it please. You see, the reason he's talking to daughters is because for sons, it's always awake. All guys say amen. amen. Guys are always awake. They don't sleep. And the problem is that until you sleep, there can't be any miracle. Adam has to go to sleep. Are you following me? Adam had to literally sleep because before God could do anything. And the reason some of you guys don't find a wife yet is because you are awake. You are too awake. Sampling everybody and every female you see along your path. It doesn't work like that. It works by direction and by the help of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me this morning? But for daughters, this thing is not awake. He said, but don't awake it. Once you awake it like this, Loba Jinnie, she won't turn it in. In the Jebu language, she won't turn it in. Are you following me this morning? Some of you never understand that it's in Jebu language, the richest language in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying here? If you awaken it, it's a problem. However, there is no problem that God cannot overcome. If you go to God and say, God, this is my issue. Something is awake here. 
I'm the one looking for it now. Even though I was forced before, I didn't want to do anything, but now I'm the one looking for it. God, I need your help. And God is going to help you. Are you, are you following me? But what the instruction here is, say, don't even let it wake up. Now, problem. Message translation says, Oh, let me warn you, sisters in Jerusalem. So he's not even talking to unbelievers. He's talking about born-again children of God. As in sister comfort, sister mercy, sister grace, sister anointing, sister faithfulness. You understand that? He's not talking to sister Sube here or sister Basira. He's talking to born-again Christian. He says, Sisters in Jerusalem, don't excite love. Don't stay it up. Come on. Let it stay. Until the time is what? Ripe. And you are ready. When will the time be ripe? Wedding. See, when you wake this thing up quickly, now when you are now, when you are now married, the thing will not go to sleep. And see, when you are now ready, don't wake it up. Let me tap your neighbor. Don't wake this thing up. And if it's already awake, send it back to sleep. You remember how, if you, if you are married, your little son or daughter wakes up and ah, children, wonderful people. Especially if you have another one, they got daddy, I cannot sleep. Ha. Need 10 o'clock, you cannot sleep. Daddy and mommy are praying, you only go sleep. I want to sleep in your room. <laughs> now, the guy, you have put the little guy to bed, but just one noise or one bird, then wakes up. Then his eyes are shining. So you now have to do what? Send the baby back to sleep and go and pet and, and sing lullabies. If you don't know all those songs, go and learn them as married people. It's not that you, you go and be Telling your, your, your child oral story. Because it's oral film you've been watching. You say, there's a gorilla, there's a King Kong. And when the King Kong came, he won't sleep like that. He's, eh? Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you here with me? So, don't stay it up. But for married people, drink more wine of love. Stay it up every minute. Finish his life in the house. I'm talking to married people. Single people are saying, come on. I don't get. I, I really don't get. I'm, see, when, be sensitive. When you're talking to married, married. When I'm talking to single, when I was talking to single now, when I said, doing exercise, you did not say, come on. And people that say common is because they should have been married or they are not yet married. So they should go and marry. Hello, somebody. Married people, you heard what I said? Finish yourself in the house. And when you are newly married, it's not time to be taking visitors, brother, one brother, chili, do your cousin. Why? Your cousin, your brother, your half sister, and your, the sister of your brother that came from another. Uh-uh. By the time you are newly married, there are 10 people in the house. Why? Why? You need to be alone. All by yourself. And be like Adam and Eve in the garden. Are you following me? Naked and not what? Ashamed. That's how you start your life. 
Uh, when you are, ten years, you are 10 years married, you are still hiding from your husband, you are still trying to wait. What's your problem? I seen after about five children, they are saying, close the door, look away. Look away, how? If the singles are laughing, the married are not responding. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Maybe we'll just walk around the house naked. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's biblical, scriptural. There's anointing there, amen? amen. But you go and be showing your nakedness as a single. Eh? You are single. You remove all your clothes. You don't get shame. You are not even sure whether that will be your spouse eventually. You say, no, I'm very sure. How are you sure? Man? Woman? No, you are not sure. And even if you are sure... He shouldn't, and she shouldn't see your nakedness until the wedding day. That's where dignity is. That's where good self-esteem is. Are you following me? You are not married, and you are sleeping naked every night. You are naked and ashamed. <laughs> are you following me? Everybody should make up their mind. Nobody sees my nakedness until my wedding. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. You say, ah, thank God, though. Nobody has asked him, and they get net, but you have sent it on video. Says chats. He said, take picture. You to take. Pra, 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 pra. You send. Because you are in love. It's stupidity. Sending your nude pictures to some guy somewhere. First of all, the person who requested for it is a pervert. I'm sorry to say. And the person who is sending is a co pervert. Honestly, you are so. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You treat it with dignity, with respect. If you don't respect yourself, nobody will respect you. You send your nude, and then they are sending it to pawn sites and selling it. You don't know. Selling it in dollars to pawn sites. You don't have an idea. But your picture is somewhere, domicile there. Are you following me? For somebody to ask you for your nude, you need to question the person. Is everything okay? I thought we are on the same page. What do you need it for? I mean, what is wrong is wrong. I know it's rampant. I know it's common. But does it make it right? Everybody is saying, come on now. I thought we were saying, come on now in a moment. Everybody's quiet now. Reserve your need for your spouse. And if somebody has seen it, let it be the last time. Go to God in forgiveness and God says, I will wipe your slate clean. In other words, nobody has seen it. But again, tomorrow he says, send your need now. Say, okay, I'll not send you the 20K. Because of 20K. You make one man your Jehovah Jireh. No, God is your supplier, no man. Are you following me here?
Everything you do is a seed. You keep sending your needs to guys. Pray that when the harvest comes, somebody will not be flooding your husband with needs. Everything you do in life is a seed principle. You need to understand that. You're a married man. You keep shadowing other ladies, single ladies. Other single ladies will shadow your husband. It's seed principle. It's just seed principle. What you don't want, don't do it. What you, want, what you don't want to attract, don't do it. It's easier to kill the seed than to attack the harvest. It's easier to take one seed and crush it. But to go, and, go into a forest and you want to fall all the trees in the forest, it's not an easy thing. So you don't want to deal with harvest of bad seed sown. You don't really want that. But thank God for God. Come on, say thank God for God. God forgives and he forgets. That's the hope we have. He, he will forgive and he will forget. And may God forgive us of all past misdeeds in Jesus' name. Married people, let me tell you a few things. Creative ways to rekindle your love. Number one, take yourself out from time to time. I don't mean take yourself from bedroom to city room. I see as in out. Number two, uh, taking yourself out is not babe, 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 babe. Come, come, let's throw. And then you throw around UCH. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not taking out. That's not taking out. Taking out is going to one cool beautiful spot and allow your wife to order whatever she wants. Not that you say, not, not, that, not that you be saying, not that you be saying, wow, 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 wow. Man of the 2Q, man of the 2Q. And your wife takes the menu and looks at it. I say, please, do you can I have this? And you'll say, let me see. No, sorry, we don't want this. When you are taking her out, you go out loaded. Because you are the man. Glory to God. You go out loaded and look at your wife and say, go ahead, come on. Go, go. do it. Come on. And she's even trying to say, is it okay? This? I say, no, 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 no. Feel free. Not that right there, while he, she's looking at the men, you know, usually the first one that comes at low, low price, then they move, as, and then she opens the second base, Amazon, school fees, and all that. Kilo con school fees, my men. God will deliver all men in this house. Hallelujah. But really, guys, you need to do that. Including myself. I'm preaching to myself too. You need to do that because what men do most of the time is take care of all the big, you know, rents, coffees, and all of that. And you want to neglect all this part. But they, every woman you have, you, every, any wife you have, if they tell you, don't worry, my husband, don't worry, don't worry, I understand, that can wait. It's a lie. 
The reason you know that he can't wait is force her to go and then see the glow on her face. I said, boy, I thought you were saying you don't mind that we can wait. Are you following me? Women love those kind of things. The second thing your wife will love is shiny things. Take her to boutique and tell her to pick a few things there. Hello. Hello. Most husbands hate shopping because they know their wife will have no restraints. Women don't have restraints when it comes to shopping. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't like to go shopping with my wife. Because when I go, I go straight, pick, pay, and go. But that's not the process for women. They will say, I'm coming. Then they will now wait and look at the things they were not planning to buy before. Why? You didn't plan. You say, I'm just looking. Why are you just looking when you are not buying? Because at the end of the day, you should not be like, can I add this one? Hello. That's why all, all men trust God to be wealthy. If you are not wealthy, welcome at corner last one, last one. <laughs> be wealthy to take care of your wife and your children. Take care of your children. You don't want to send your child to a school you are not going to be proud of. Or the kind of school you went to. You know the kind of school you went to now. Kaki shirt, kaki short. Jelly see me. Ah, ja, bibata, dido, je, ejo, eh, lede, fifila, gigo, je. La be, igi, ni be, lati, inu, wadu. How did you know it? You want your children to go to a very good school. And God will enable you in Jesus' name. God will strengthen your arms to give the best qualitative education and care for your children in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One little girl, I know it's a, it, I don't know whether it's a skit or reality, but it happens like that in reality. I was asking a little child, what do you want to do when you grow up? He said he wants to be a hairdresser. I said, ah, ah, why now? Can't you do something? I said, my town now. Ah, why are you saying? Okay, keep me. Ah. But that is the, those are the only things she's exposed to. That's the only thing she's exposed to. And exposure is powerful. Are you following me here? God will help us in Jesus' name. We will have enough to take care of our family. You will not be screaming at your wife because she wants money. When she says she she wants it, you write the check. That's how to be a man. Write the check. Write the check. Don't say, well... I'm looking for a woman that will be contented. Which woman is contented? They don't exist. All of them have died. Every woman wants to look good. See my wife, red shoe plus red clothes. No woman wants to wear yellow shoe on red shoe and be on red clothes. It must match. For men, they don't care. Once the belt and the shoe can go, or can go with something else, it's over. What are we looking for? 
A man has no problem. Black trousers, anything, any color on top. No stress. But ladies, the bag must match, the shoe must match, 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 match. So rather than complain, because your complaint will not work. Rather than complain, say, God, strengthen my arm to be wealthy, to be rich, and to be able to take care of my family. That's what being a man is. Not this one that, as a single, you're already sleeping with him, and then you say, I'm going, cannot give you transport money. What's your problem? We are, waking, we are waking the love too early. The moment you are in a relationship, you can't tell your pastor, you can't tell your parents, already just know you are in a problem. You are in a deep shit. Let me tell you how you measure things that are okay. You can talk. You can tell people. I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you can mention to your parents and pastor, you are on a good path. Because you are not afraid. Whatever you try to hide... It's a problem. The first person who began to hide was the devil. He called some angels. He said, let's, I'm good, let's, I want to exalt my throne like God too. That guy was a worshiper. Do you know Lucifer? There are three angels mentioned in the Bible. Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Lucifer was an archangel like Michael and Gabriel. And Lucifer has a good, a, a strategic place because he's the angel in charge of worship. Can you imagine? So much so that inside of him, what is there is, is instruments of music, harp, organ, and all of that. So even when he wants to talk, he wants to call minister, be minister. It's music, all true. That was what it was. One day, he doesn't want the worship to come through him. He wants it to come to him. And that's where the problem began. And God said, I'm going to cast you out. The moment he began to conceive and hide things and began to... That was the beginning of his problem. Whatever you expose, you talk about, there's not going to be any problem. Every wife and every husband in the house, hear me well. Hear me. You will never get into any trouble when you learn to talk to your spouse. Your trouble begins the day you hide from your spouse. Believe you me. That's when people will rip you off, scam you, defraud you, do all kinds of things. Because the person God has placed beside you to be a standard and a help, you are ignoring it. May God give us wisdom. So take yourself out from time to time. Number two, keep speaking your love language. Everybody has a love language. Understand the love language of your spouse and speak that love language. Are you following me here? Speak that love language. Number three, don't stop wooing each other, pursuing each other, going after each other. Number four, forgive quickly. And some of you singles, you say, that forgive quickly. I will not have a problem with that. Me, my spouse, I love him so much, we we'll never fight. We we'll never quarrel. Quarrel, never. The love is too much. You have no idea. The extent of the love is the extent of the quarrel. In fact, because you love him, that's why you quarrel the most. Because sometimes the one you love will do things you don't like or you don't expect and you'll be disappointed. 
Why? Because both of you are not perfect. You are in your imperfect days. And a lot of things can annoy you. Everything and anything. It could just be his way of talking. His way of raising his voice. A way of going into silence over you. You say something, there's no response. Or the response is coming, but it take three days. I see the response is coming from Kafansha. All of Peluku. You understand that? And then you ask your husband, how far are we still going out? Because your husband is watching football. The response is still in Kaduna. He's coming. I say, are we still? Say, calm down. I will answer you. Meanwhile, the, one, the calm down we answer you is sufficient to have answered. You understand what I'm saying? Don't train yourself like that to not learn to sustain conversation. Especially if you are already married. Sustain conversation. That is, don't answer with monosyllables. Yes, no. And that's how women answer when they are angry. All husbands here can testify. Alpha. Okay. Now, women naturally don't answer with one word. That's ladies. So the moment she's giving you one word answers, just know that there is a major problem. He said, I was work today. Fine. If you say I was work today and there's no problem, you say, ah, if I come and hear what happened, let me give you this. Uh-huh. There's no problem. And a whole lot of things can cause issues after marriage. If you single ladies are here, you don't like working house chores, I beg in the name of the Lord Jesus. If there's a school of house chores, go there. You don't like cooking. I said, how will you survive? See, we're going to have house apps. We're going to be so wealthy, we'll have five cooks. God help you if you marry a husband that say, I can't eat from a cook. I love my wife so much, I want to eat what you cook. If the only thing you can cook as a lady are Indomie noodles, um, fry egg, oh God, even the egg is flat. There is no, the, you know, accompaniment. You understand what I'm saying? Accompaniment inside fried egg. You understand? When it's no millet, you are making flat and white. You must learn to, you know, add all the additions. You say, eh, when did you not put money down? Did you ask? And guys, eh, put money down. When do you put money down? And the woman has managed whatever you put down to cook something. Don't complain. Don't complain. Ah, it's the only fish we must be eating this out. Number one, fish is good for you. It's better than beef. Are you following me? It's better than beef or elsewise. No, you say, I'm still young, I'm still young, we're still in Let's eat all the beef we can eat. Some of those things, when, when, when it becomes a habit, you can't let go. You can't let go. Are you still with me? So, learn to cook and learn to do house chores. It's important. And men in the house, husbands, learn to assist your wives 
in every capacity you can. When we got married, 1999, the first few years, notice the word few. The first few years, let's say the first five to six years. I used to do a lot of chores, sweep, go to market sometimes for my wife, wash clothes on Saturdays, because we didn't have washing machine at the time. I used to do that. But these days, I'm not led. The Holy Spirit has not led me. If it leads me, I'll still do it, really. But, but what I'm saying is I'm much more busy. We have a lot of people around. Our children are grown. They can do all of that. But in the early stage, you have to assist. Are you following me? You have to assist. And as the children are coming, teach them to walk. Dunami started opening the gate for us when he was two and a half years old. Get down, go and open the gate. Let me come back. I can't kill myself. <laughs> Praise God. And then we'll go. We will wait. As when I take you one year, we'll wait. Oh yeah. Open it. <laughs> Driving. Good. Everybody is division of labor. Hallelujah. Train your children as well, even as they are growing up. Train them to do all those things. So that when they get to school in the university, that won't be their first time to cook still. Alright? And finally, number five, for married couples, have a mentor over your marriage. Have a mentor over your marriage. I'm going to round up here because of our time. For singles, is the communal emblems ready? Please, let's bring them here. For the singles, in conclusion, let me tell you that God has a particular choice for you. Now, there's nothing like one person for one person. You understand that? that this is the one person I must marry, and if I miss that person, that's the end. There's nothing like that. Because what it means is that if A and B are meant to be together and then somehow it didn't work out and B goes to marry C, that means C is supposed to be another person's spouse and there's a mistake and another person's spouse there is supposed, it will look for somebody else and then there's confusion all over. So there's no one person for one person. That's why widows, young widows can remarry. Single mothers can still marry. So there's no one person for one person. However, there is a choice of God for your life. And that choice is the best thing that can ever happen to you. So what do you do? Don't decide all by yourself. Your brain is, does not have the capacity to know the fullness of what will be the best for you. You might be able to decode who is best for you now, but what about in 50 years' time? Only God can decode that equation. That somebody who is good for you today will still be good for you in another 25 years. So ask God for his leading. Ask him to show you. Bring it to this side, please. Or do we have two tables? Just one. Bring it to this side. You see? Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's okay here. It's okay here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Move it here. Move it here. Do you understand what I'm saying? So understand how this thing works. 
direction. Asking God is powerful. Let God lead. Because he will, he will always lead. Don't take five people to God and say, God, five is the number of grace. Use your grace to help me pick one here. It doesn't work that way. One person, allow God to lead, and God will grant you his leading in Jesus' name. Let's rise upon our feet. Have you been blessed this morning? Let's go ahead and talk to God. If you are single, ask God for direction. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to show you what his plan is for your life. Ask him to grant you the grace to know, to understand. This message is brought to you by Junamis and Sophia and part of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Hope Center, Jesus and Hope's Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connected us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shout to Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dunamis Tunde Noel, on MixLR at KC Global. Visit our website www.kcsandhooks.com via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kissesandhugs.com slash partnership God bless you